p.m. All right, here we go. Now we're live. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We give you praise and honor and glory. We magnify your name, Jesus. Your name is greater than any other name. Your kingdom is higher, and there's not even anything to compare it to. And so, Father, we just give you the honor and the glory in this atmosphere. We thank you for our lives. We thank you that you uh, were there in the beginning when we were being created. And we thank you for the way you've created us, the way you've made us. We thank you, Jesus, that you won victory over the enemy so we can have gifts and abilities and the anointing of God in us active on this earth today with power and authority, the authority of the name of Jesus. And so, Father, in this atmosphere, I just speak right now that only... The Spirit of God has permission to speak here. No other spirit has permission to speak or operate or make suggestions or give input to anything I have to say. No twisting words, nothing. Everything I say will be clearly communicated and heard for any time it is replayed in the person's mind or on uh, social media, electronically. Every word I say will be heard just like it was meant to be said. And I thank you, Father, that the Holy Spirit is the one that speaks and no other spirit gets to infiltrate in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that tonight you'll show us something we've never seen and let us hear something we've never heard about you, Father. Fresh man, a fresh word, and your revelation knowledge to fill us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so tonight... The topic, I'm going to call this Soul Land, S-O-U-L Land, Soul Land. Now, every person, male and female, every type of person, I should say, male and female, uh, we have a soul, okay? Only women have a womb. Only women have a womb. <laughs> like today's time, we actually have to say that out loud. The devil has been after the womb for a long time. But he can't shut the womb down. If he shuts one down, another one rises up. Like he, it's just too much. He can't handle it. So there is another place he'd like to go, and that is in your soul. Right? Now, in order for anything to happen on this earth, Humans have to give permission. Because when God created the heavens and the earth, he put man in the garden, and when he gave instructions to man, he told man to dominate the earth. Okay? We are to dominate the earth, the things that happen in the earth, but not each other. If we could dominate each other, this would be over in a heartbeat. We can't dominate each other, okay? We can dominate the things that are happening, we can dominate the atmosphere. We could do that because, because the Bible talks about, you know, pulling down principalities, strongholds, all those stuff, right? So if you are a believer of Jesus, if you've been born again and your spirit man has been made new, you're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus, you have domination with authority that Jesus got for us, right? So in the name of Jesus, you have authority to rule over the works of the enemy. As a matter of fact, not even rule over it. It doesn't need any rulership. It needs destruction, right? Because he said, that's what Jesus told the disciples, destroy the works of the enemy, right? Because that's what Jesus came to do. He came and he destroyed the works of the enemy. 
So anything the enemy builds, you have permission from God to break. It doesn't matter who he's building it through. I think this is where women lose it. I don't know that men have such an issue with it, but I think women do. So I want you, uh, we're going to talk about your soul today because your soul and a man's soul is still a soul. Okay? But when we don't understand our um, authority as a believer, not as a woman or a man, as a believer, we can get run over. Okay, so let's get started with the whole thing about a soul. Let's go to Psalm 63 and verse 1, and I have it printed here in the New Living. I'm really excited because I I did really, really big font. I'm talking like maybe (laughs) 20-something. The reason is I have contacts in. One sees far and one sees close by. And sometimes they don't agree with each other. So <laughs> it's great for driving, but reading, we have fun. So here's what it says, Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. Okay? My whole body longs for you. In this parched land. What on earth? <laughs> I think you have to come on the stage to turn it on. Yeah. So, so we'll read this again while you will see Kelsey behind me. Um, Psalm 63.1, it says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for my whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Go right up here on the stage on my po- at my podium and turn it on. And it will turn on. <laughs> All right, so that's Psalm 63, verse 1 in the New Living. Okay, so let's talk about this for a minute. All right. So your soul can thirst. Okay? We'll make a soul list over here. So we understand how our soul operates. Our soul can thirst. Okay? Now, let me explain what the soul is because that's another thing. Everybody has a different definition. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, okay? And so think about this. Your mind is all about how you think and what you think, how and what you think, okay? Your will 
is about what you choose. Okay, and your emotion is how you respond. Okay, so in your emotions, which I've taught this before way back when, there really are two sources or two types of emotions, fear and love. One's of God and the other isn't. So, you know, all right, now. Here we have these three parts that make up our soul. And this is a lot of the real estate of our life. Think about it. This is a lot of the land on which we live. This is about the type of house that you're building. It all really comes out of the soul. We also know the scripture that says... um, As your soul prospers, so is your health and your wealth, right? So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. All these verses go to the soul subject, right? When you're born again, your spirit, which is the real you, you're not somebody that has a spirit. You are a spirit that has a body, right? You've got to get that right. You are a spirit. You have a body, okay? So your spirit, the spirit that used to be you, died, and a new spirit was born in light. So the old spirit was soaked up in darkness, had a black suit on. The new spirit has on a light suit, not even a white suit. It has on a light suit, which is like electricity everywhere, light suit, okay? So there's more power in you. You have more power than you're showing. And when you get the revelation of that, demons run when you start walking. Like they just start shouting out and running. A funny thing happened to me this week, and I can't say it live because I'll tell you after, remind me after and I'll tell you what it is. But sorry for live audience, not going to tell you. But the thing is, because I'm also strategic. So (laughs) the thing is, The more we get a revelation of the word of God, the more of the light of who we already are gets exposed. So it's like peeling back layers of soul blinds. Let's call it that. You know, like when you want a room to be dark, you put up those dark light, those dark blinds. So really, the the environment that you're hiding from is not dark. But you need that room to be dark. So you have to put up certain things to make that happen. Well, it's the same thing about you, a born-again believer. You're, a, you're light. You're bright. Like people couldn't look at you in your real self without your body on you. Okay? And so that's who we are. So in the spirit world, that's what's being seen. If you realize this, you will not translate what the spirit world sees and and is afraid of already into the natural like you're nothing. 
because that's where you lose. Remember, the enemy has to use a person to do his work. God uses a person to do his work, right? So in the natural, we're going person to person. The enemy will use all of that person's natural ability to get to do what he wants to do. So if in the spiritual realm, that, if that person is not born again, which most, when the devil uses somebody, generally they're not, or they're very carnal, meaning they don't listen to God, they listen more to the, the circumstances around them to respond. When in the natural, we respond by wits with the person in the natural sense, we could very well lose because we're not as savvy as they are. But if we activate the power that we have in the spirit realm into the natural, they don't even stand a chance. Right? And the enemy that's operating through them knows that this person is going to lose, so they try to get them out of there. This is where you find people get offended, they get upset with you, whatever, and they just have to sever the relationship with you. These are some of the reasons why. Okay? And to everybody else, they don't understand why this is happening because that person was so nice to them. Well, well you, know, you know what's happening. It, it, we know what's happening. <laughs> I know what's happening. You see what I'm saying? Now, here's the thing, though. How could you be feared as in the in the don't mess with me sense, not, you know, I don't know, the other fear. In the natural environment you live in, by the enemy planning things against you using people, how could that work? Well, this is how it works. You have to take care of your soul because your soul is where the things get transferred over from the spirit to the natural environment. So you could either pick up on your birthright spirit environment, which is the kingdom of God, light, life, or you could pick up on the other environment, which is all about fear and, you know, the control, power and control, power and control. You see that? So whichever, so... When somebody is under the influence of demonic oppression, they pick up on power and control. And they try to translate that to the natural world. And if you know that that's what's happening because you've got light, you can come against that power and control without hurting the person and your relationship in the long term. You see? So how do we do that? Ah, the big question. Let's look a little bit more at some soul scriptures so you have a foundation. Um, I'm going to read the same scripture in the Passion Translation. It says, this is Psalm 63, 1 in the Passion. Oh God of my life, I, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. 
So the reason I'm bringing this scripture up, whenever the land is dry, your soul is searching for water. So when the land is dry from the things of God that could water your soul, your soul is out looking for water. When the devil wants to control your life, to take it over, and to kill you, the devil doesn't want to do anything to you but to kill you. He wants to wipe you off the face of the earth. So he'll do all kinds of stuff to do that. But he can't do it until you tell him to do it. And I'm going to show you how you tell him to do it. He can't kill you until you tell him, yes, go ahead, kill me. Um, But what will happen is he will separate you from water. And he will put you in a dry place. So imagine not going to church ever. They tried it with COVID, like seriously. (laughs) We ain't stupid. (laughs) So so a worldwide failure, let's put it that way. (laughs) The devil still thinks he won. It's a worldwide catastrophe. So um, the devil has to drive. Can you imagine those really soaked Christians, how terribly afflicted the devil is right now because they just won't dry out. I mean, they still keep dripping. It's like, can we just find another spot for them to just dry them out, okay? (laughs) You need to be so wet with the water of God that when you take a step, it leaves 10 steps worth of water. Like, you got to be this type of person. When you get into the atmosphere, people knew you're there. They just know you're there. Because you're wet. You're not dry like some parched up, dried up, shriveled up prune that's sitting in the sun for 500 years. No. You are like sap. You know, the Bible talks about the sap that comes out of the, you know, the, the tree. Nobody, I mean, they could put those, when we were taking letters off the wall, they had that heat gun thing. I was like, man, that thing is so hot. It was like a had like fire coming out of it. I don't know what you call the thing. A heat gun. There you go. A heat gun. (laughs) But I remember it was so hot. I was like, wow. Yeah. The devil can't drive. Pressure is his heat gun, you know. Um, um, Laws. Like, remember when children of Israel were in Egypt still, and he heard that they were going to get free. So he started putting pressure on them. Now he's no longer giving them the bricks to make the pyramids with, or whatever they were making. He had to t- get, they had to go get the material to make the brick and still have the same quota. But it didn't work. <laughs> it still didn't work. What did end up happening was they got plagues. <laughs> they got ten times the one thing they were trying to do. Okay? The whole Bible, which represents the kingdom of God and how it operates, says... We win. There should be no question in your soul about whether a child of God wins over the devil and who he uses. There should never be a question. 
ever since I was a little girl, before I knew anything that I know today about the Bible and the word of faith and all, I didn't have a clue. I didn't even know word of faith existed. Who was Candace Hagen? I don't know what you're talking about. But I always knew I serve the God that's the greatest of all because he made everything. So all the other religions around me, I'm like, you people are so silly. Like, why would you even do that? I'm like, even if I wasn't born in a Christian home, I'd probably be like, why would I worship something I made? Like, I, first of all, I wouldn't do all that work. <laughs> Second of all, that's stupid. That's why I always joke and say that Doug and I are pastors in this time because we could, I wouldn't have made it back in the kill the bull, slaughter the bull, you know, pour the blood thing. That would not, I just, it would not work for me. I'd be like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> but it's so much easier today if we realize this. The devil wants you to think it's harder. It is the easiest it's ever going to be. <laughs> but you have to know this. In your spirit, you already do. You have to know it in your soul. You have to know this in your soul. If your mind does not understand this, then your choices are going to be double-minded. And your emotions are going to reflect frustration. You see? So this here, if you could understand this pattern, you can capture, the, I mean, even Paul says, arrest thoughts. Arrest this, then all this wouldn't happen. <laughs> These two things will go right if you arrest them here. Thoughts that exalt themselves above God did not come from your spirit that's born again. It came from outside. So you arrest anything that comes from the outside. Okay. Now. Mm, Romans 8.39. So what Satan wants to do, Romans 8.39 is the verse. What Satan wants to do is to turn your soul into swampland. Where... Nobody really wants to live there. They just kind of want to glide over it and get to the other side <laughs> in a big machine. <laughs> right? Nobody's going to swim in your swamp land and nobody's sure going to walk in it because too much mud there. Right? So he wants your soul to become this slug, this nasty, stinky place that every time you open your mouth and talk about your life, it just stinks. <laughs> okay? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The stuff that's in your soul, it's, it's kind of like your heart is involved here. It's storage space. It's your um, hard drive. And what you're storing in your soul, what's in your soul, what's passed through your soul as okay with you is stored in the heart. And what's in the heart comes out of the mouth. There's a different conversation when somebody tells you a battle they're doing 
where the enemy's involved is obvious. You shouldn't be fighting each other. You shouldn't be fighting another Christian that's doing something for God. You should be fighting the devil that's, okay, so right there. Um, so when you hear somebody talk about something they're doing, like they're fighting against something or something, that's a different type of a, a thing than when it's like, oh, my poor life. I'm just like, oh, me, oh, my, when you're a victim. When you have flipped into victimhood, uh, the swampland has started to be built. They're doing construction on swampland. Which means everything good about you has to be uprooted and thrown away like trash. And here's a good thing. Here's a good way to know when swampland's starting in you. It's always somebody doing something to you. So the story I related before we went live, um, where I had to duke it out with a vendor. I could have done it as a victim. Like, I, they always do this to me. I can't believe another one's doing it to me. <laughs> like, when is this going to stop, God? Please, God! <laughs> that would be me building swampland, helping the devil, giving him the power tools he needs to build the swampland, right? Versus, I don't think so. <laughs> You're not doing this to me. Not again. See, that's a different position. So you could use the same words, but it's a different position that you're taking. You see the difference? So it's like, it's not that things wouldn't come against you. It will because you are a threat. <laughs> and because you're living on this earth and the enemy wants you dead, so he'll try things against you. But that's not a problem for whose kingdom you belong to. You have to be certain of this. You can't have any questions about it because it would be the equivalent of you, of a police officer having a hesitancy about firing his weapon against someone who has a weapon that would fire against him. This is how, this is what it's like. So when you hesitate, well, ah, 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 boom, you're dead. You see, you've lost. You lost the fight. You see how this works. So, there is one weapon in the kingdom of God that the devil has tried for millennials to counterfeit, but it has never worked. Because the weapon in God's kingdom doesn't fail. Every time the enemy makes this one weapon, try to mimic it, it always fails. He hasn't found one that doesn't fail yet, right? And so let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, 8. You guys probably already figured out what the weapon is. 1 Corinthians 13, 8, but we'll read it so that in case you haven't been to that chapter for a while, a lot of people avoid that chapter. <laughs> it can be a refresher course for you. <laughs> First Corinthians 13, 8. 
prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. But love will last forever. In another version, this is in New Living, but in the King James, let's go to that. Or actually in the Amplified, that's what I had, so I say, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, love never fails. It never fades or ends. Right? So love never fails, meaning it stays the same all the time. It can't be pushed back. So while you are fighting and duking it out, love isn't on hold. See, this is where I think we miss it. We think that if we confront something, it means we have to put love aside to get it on, to like get into this. And then when we're done, we'll pick love back up and move right on. No, love is in the fight. If love's not in the fight with you, you're going to lose. So how do you do it? (laughs) Because people have been conditioned to not fight if you have love. Isn't that what it is? Like, but I thought you loved me. Oh, yeah, I sure do. (laughs) Okay. Love, the love of God, love, the first fruit of the Spirit, Galatians uh, 5.22. Right? The fruit of the Spirit. Love. We have to understand everything of the Spirit of God doesn't have a um, doesn't have a potency level in itself. It is that thing. So love is love. There's not more love, less love. The release of it through every person is where the potency level comes in. Does that make sense? So the more you mature in love, the more of it will show up in your life. It doesn't mean love was low before. It just means you couldn't manifest more of it. That's all it means. But love is love. Patience is patience. Kindness is kindness. They're at their highest level they'll ever be forever and ever. They're not changing because God doesn't change. And these are things, fruit of the spirit of God. Okay? So there's not going to be a leveled out part and a more and a less and whatever. All those gauges and limitations come from us. It doesn't come from God. If you see me when I'm confronting something, you will be scared of me. (laughs) And you will think I don't like that person, like that. I'm never talking to them again or whatever. But that's not what that person will feel. Because that is not what I'm doing. So it is error for us to watch the operation of a fight and get offended. How many people do that? They get offended when they see two people. They don't even know what's going on. But they think one of them's being unfair or unkind. And they get offended by it. 
you see, the devil will take every opportunity to swamp up your soul. Let's put it that way. Right? And your mind will take information in through these right here, through this right here. Because what is it that we are to renew our minds with the word of God? So what are we going to just like put the book on top of our head and soak it in? No, we see it, we say it, we're hearing it. Okay, well, how do you think the devil's going to give you some things to think about? You're seeing it, you're hearing it, and then the, the, the kicker is to start saying it. Okay? You see? So, love is part of our righteous, it is our righteous nature. Our born again, us, the real me, has 100% love in it that God has for me, for, for mankind. It's not missing nothing. There's nothing missing, nothing broken. All the missing and the broken occurs in how much we give out or hold back. Okay? So, your soul... So in order for your soul to be made whole, let's say today we're starting a clean slate on the soul. We don't know what's in there, all the junk, what swampland's been building. <laughs> okay? In order for that to happen in one sweep, you have to understand the love of God for you. Your level of the love of God and his understanding for you and the reception of it is what will cleanse what the enemies put in there because it's a weapon against the enemy. God's love is a weapon against the enemy and it never fails. It never fails. It's also timeless. Because God is love. There is no time with God, right? He is beginning, end, alpha, omega, right? So the devil wants to give you time restrictions on your love walk. When you start adding anything to love, you're changing it from love. You're making it conditional love. Right? God's love is unconditional. It's just love. The way to access God's love is to receive it. There's nothing we could do to make God love us more or less. We just have to take it. So us having God's love in our life at a high level or a low level is dependent on our acceptance and rejection of it not his release and, and holding back. Does that make sense? So 
for your soul. Uh, and everybody had to deal. We, we all have to deal with this until we come to the knowledge. This is why we have to read the Bible and renew our minds. When we find a lie, kick it out. Don't be like, oh, I can't believe it. Kick the thing out. <laughs> Instead, don't be a victim of what you didn't know. Kick it out and start rejoicing that you found some new information that changes the whole thing. You see the difference? So what you do is you have to settle in your mind. There is no greater love coming along to stop making you a victim. None exists. Your thirsty soul needs God's love. This is how people don't get in trouble, marry the wrong person, and do all this nonsense. Because their soul's thirsty. And they're searching. Because the devil had them dried up for a while. He hung them out to dry. And then he's going to send his Savior in to fill the soul. Oh, you're so nice. You're so pretty. Oh, everybody told you you're so ugly. Yeah, after he sent all his agents and say how ugly you are. Then he's going to send somebody else in. I'll tell you the greatest thing ever that looks like the picture of Lucifer, the show Lucifer, from the, all the posters they put up. You understand what I'm saying? But it's ugly. Ugly. Like what she says about the unmanicured figure. <laughs> ugly. <laughs> if you saw how ugly the devil was, you wouldn't even want him to come near you, much less tell you something. Right? So... You have to be so sensitive to the lies of the devil that it starts smelling miles away. Jesus read people's thoughts. He read Judas's thoughts about money. You realize he never talked to anybody else about what they thought about money. It was always Judas. Interesting, isn't it? He was the treasurer. So... Okay, um, Psalm 23 and verse 3. You know, these are popular verses. Psalm 23, verse 3. You getting something out of this? Psalm 23, 3. You know, here, <laughs> this is something else. You know, if somebody decides to give their life to the devil... And they want to fight me. You know, I used to have more mercy for them than I do now. Because the Lord kept taking me back and back and back to when um, Samuel was supposed to anoint David. And the Lord had to finally say to him, how long are you going to mourn over Saul? Get up and go anoint David. <laughs> That's what the Lord was showing me. The longer you take to stop bemoaning the fact that they've given themselves over, the longer it is for the next person that's supposed to take what they're supposed to be doing to be anointed to do it, you know, for you to bring them into place. Just get over it. So we fix that problem. Okay. Psalm 23.3. You know how people, hold on a second. You know how people hope that somebody would just calm down in their old age or as they get more mature, they'll kind of calm down. As they get more mature, you know, they'll simmer down. They won't be as like, so, so, newsflash, <laughs> I'm actually getting more abrupt. <laughs> it's coming quicker. You're not of God. Get. You're not. Get. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> so the point is, everything is opposite, generally speaking, in the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness. Sometimes the, the enemy wants to make it so you think it's the opposite, but it's not. So you have to be careful with that, too. This is why we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, Genesis, I mean, Psalm 23.3, Amplified. He refreshes and restores my soul. And in parentheses, they have life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So here is the order of things. If your soul is messed up in some stuff, the path that righteousness has for you on that subject matter cannot be released to you. The Holy Spirit can't lead you down those paths until your soul is restored. Because it will actually hurt you. You will be going down that path as an enemy to the people in that path. Because you're not, you're, your soul doesn't have the things of God in it concerning that subject. So the enemy will use you as an enemy against the people on that path that do have the things of God in their soul on that subject. You see? This is why forcing yourself to be promoted is not good. <laughs> you want God to promote you. Because he knows when you qualify. Because if you promote yourself, you can get in a heap of trouble. A heap of trouble. Because you're now running in a righteous path, but you're not running there by God's leading, which means you could be easily used by the enemy against the people there in God's leading. You see? All right. So that's just Psalm 23. And verse 3. Your soul has to be restored before righteous path, before you can be led to the righteous path. Okay? And we are, did we read it, Romans 8.39? No, I didn't. I just kept talking and went on to the next thing. Okay. Romans 8.39, I'll read it to you from the New Living. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you see this? No power in the sky above or in the earth below. That means no angel in heaven. If you think an angel came to tell you God doesn't love you anymore. It's probably a demon that came from hell who pretended to be an angel. Remember, they, that was their former positions. They probably still go borrow the clothes somewhere. Um, they can't, they're not able to. It's not just that they can't do it. If they try to, they can't. Separate you from the love of God. That is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God is revealed in Jesus. Right? So you don't have to live a life where you're afraid that you're going to do something to make God not love you. That's the first lie you need to get out of your soul. Because it ain't true. One scripture in the Bible dismantled that. But feel free to find the rest. 
because it's all over. <laughs> all right. I'm giving you the starter things, and you can go find the rest of the yarn, knit your sweater. Alright. Now, your soul is where people will get favor from you. Is in your soul. You know, there's people God shows favor to and people he doesn't. Right? We are the same way. It's okay. This whole doctrine of fairness is from hell. It is from hell. It is not of God. I teach my kids, don't let, we don't say it isn't fair in this house. We just don't do it. I don't try to be fair, nothing. No. I don't teach it. We don't do it. When, and that's the language of children growing up because that's what society teaches them, right? Fairness. So I... Take it out as it comes. I, I go. I say against it. I say against it because, honey, if you if you buy into this whole fairness doctrine, you're setting yourself up to be a victim. Because when things don't go your way, your fallback answer is, "It just wasn't fair." <laughs> Which, when you really break it down, says that your position and success in life comes from being treated fairly, not from God. Well, let's talk about Jesus. How fairly was he treated? He was treated so fairly they crucified him and drained his blood out of his body. That's how fairly he was treated. Let's call him a victim. No, because that would be a lie. <laughs> okay? So take that out. I know every, every person that grew up in this place, you got that stuck in your soul as a standard, a basic human standard, and you need to dig it up and burn it. <laughs> Don't even leave a residue of it in your, in your system. Because you know why? You're going to give opportunity to people who should not have it. And that's when you're going to start developing bad relationships, bad teams, make bad decisions. And people are going to betray you. They're going to let you down. They're going to mess up because then they're never qualified to be there in the first place. But you put them there because you are being fair. Uh-uh. That goes right along with the word compromise in marriage. But that's a whole different subject. I saw one of my posts on Facebook from like eight years ago where I talked about compromise. I think I reposted You guys might have seen it. There is no such thing in marriage. That's a bunch of baloney. But that stems from the belief that was built up of fairness. Because if I do this for you, then you need to do that for me. Really? I ain't got time for that. I am not an accountant. I do not plan to be one, and I don't like doing accounts. So, no. <laughs> if you're going to do this for me, that's it. It ends right here. You do it for me, we're good. Thank you. <laughs> I ain't going to, you do this for me, and I do that for you. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm 
I do for you what I want to do for you. Thank you. That's it. That's what you get from me. <laughs> and if I decide to do something that is not what I normally would do, I'll still do it for you. And I don't think you should do something for me because I did that for you. That's a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> it is a, don't participate in it and don't accept it. If somebody's going to do something for you and then their response to you is so you could say, don't do, I don't want nothing from you. Thank you. Cut it off. Cut it off. Because it becomes a sowing and reaping thing. And you got this circle going on. And you are constantly disappointed. Because they never do it to the level of fairness. <laughs> do you see the cycle of nonsense? That's what swamp life looks like. It's a swamp. And then you know what, you know what stinks in a swamp like that? Resentment. That's what stinks is resentment. It's like a perfume that people buy every year. Resentment. And they take it to family get-togethers. Oh. A swamp, it flies all over it. And, I mean, if people don't want you to show up to some things, you have to really stop and ask. It's not just because I'm a Christian. There's something else there. Because if I'm a Christian, they should want me, but they don't know why. So you have to ask, when you show up as a Christian, are you showing up with pride? I'm better than you. Because I'm a Christian? Or are you showing up with the mindset like, Lord, open their hearts today. Maybe I'll get an opportunity this year. Not, oh, well, let's go see what they're going to tell me about myself this time. You see, what I'm, you see the difference? Victim thinks like that. What are they going to do to me this year when I go? Versus when you show up, I hope I get an opportunity to share light. And if you don't, so be it. <laughs> you keep them on the prayer list till the next time you meet with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to convince somebody in the moment of their error. They're blind. They don't see, they don't know what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> They're blind. And you're trying to describe things to them they can't see. Anybody would be frustrated. If you were blind and somebody stood you in front of a mirror and they're describing how beautiful you are or how, what color dress you have and how great you look, you're going to get frustrated because you can't see it and they keep harping on it. <laughs> and they want you to behave that way like you have on this beautiful dress with pretty makeup. You're like, well, what do I care? I can't see it. <laughs> do you see? You have to start thinking of these things just like regular people and stop thinking that people are against you because they don't take what you're saying. They're... You remember Jesus said, remember when they reject you, they're rejecting me. Leave it at that. <laughs> but the reason why we can't handle this stuff is because we got stuff in our souls. You know what the stuff is? From last time we met, you brought out the decorations again in your mind. <laughs> you hang it on your Christmas tree of victimness. <laughs> Go into the party. But I'm showing you these vivid pictures because that's what the devil does to people every single year. 
every year. Every year. And people, their prayers are like, oh, Lord, help me get through the day so I, I don't lose it on somebody. <laughs> well, that's kind of fake, isn't it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but but, but we, we have these things in us all, every, at some level. When, here's what I do. When I find it, when I go somewhere, I can't stand somebody. Like I literally can't stand them. I just feel like I'm going to. It doesn't, ha- I mean, I don't know the last time it happened. But I check and see what I still got in me that they left in there that I didn't get rid of. I don't give anybody my real estate. I'm pretty close fist in that way. I don't give people my real estate. Here's what I mean by that. I don't give people place in my mind. I don't. I don't put people's trash in my mind. I don't have a storage house for it. I don't have a warehouse. Don't have, they can't rent space. And you know what rent space looks like? Because they do something nice for you, you feel like you owe them? Nope. I don't do that. I don't rent space. Mm-mm. I don't rent space because you can't buy me out. If you're doing something I have to correct you in, I will correct you. Flat out correct you, and next time you see me, it's like I never said a thing to you. Why? Because I don't store it. (laughs) It's gone. You might have to remind me about it if you want to say something to me about it. Okay? Because I need to know that when I make a decision, I'm making it, because it's something God will want me to do. That gives me the least amount of error. So if I do make an error in a decision, I can, I can kind of go back and see where it occurred. I don't have to go through files and files and files of information to figure it out. It will be glaring at me. And then I can fix it from there. You see? You can't do any of these functions that you were created to do, that you were born again to do, if you don't let love come in and be the resident, permanent resident of your soul. It has to be the gatekeeper of your soul. This is how, you know, the Bible says don't be weary in well-doing. This is how you don't get weary in well-doing. Because so many victims would want to come and ask you for help. And before long, you can become callous to them. But if you have love be the the gatekeeper, you could literally take every case as they come and truly give it a chance. You see what I'm saying? And you don't make blanket decisions. Because what if your prayer request was actually answered? The person that you've been like that's hard and never got and they finally showed up and they're ready to like do what you've been praying. And because you have already put up the tree and hung all the ornaments from last year, you slammed the door like the girl did when when Peter showed up at the door for the prayer meeting that they were praying for Peter to get free. Do you see what I'm saying? 
in our case, instead of saying it's his angel, you say, oh, no, that's their pretend face. It's not really them. They're just pretending. <laughs> I let people pretend. I let them do everything they, they, they decide they have to do. I let them do it. Just go ahead. Build your case. Do your thing. I give the benefit of the doubt at every opportunity because I'd rather they be wrong than me be wrong. And love never fails. So if I do my action in love, they can't cause me to fail. So I, I'm never afraid of losing something because somebody won one over on me. They didn't win it over on me. I didn't lose something. Because <laughs> love never fails. <laughs> you see? Do you know how many people left this church in the beginning when we first got here? Because they just, women aren't supposed to talk. I just didn't know that. Nobody sent me the memo when we got here. <laughs> but we didn't know that at the time. But they used to write lengthy letters about me, and that's why they left. The final thing is that's why we left. And do you know some of those people today on social media, I help? They inbox me for help. They find me and ask for help. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? If I, first of all, if I was like, na 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 na, if I was into fairness, I would be telling their names, their address, right? Like, look, I won. I could care less. As far as I'm concerned, the devil lost something. He lost one of their best agents against me. <laughs> he couldn't help them. I had to help them. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? One of God's agents had to help the one he put up against God's agents. That's how I see it. Right? Not the person. <laughs> so when you're in the presence of someone who's done you evil, like major evil, and you feel like, <gasps> take it as a moment where literally, things are being revealed to you that are still in the filing cabinet that you didn't get rid of because you hadn't had to deal with it for a while. So when they're in your presence is when it will show up. Or if you're in a similar, similar situation as a person that did that to you before, these things will show up. Deal with them then. That's when you arrest them. Don't go home and think about it. Are, have you ever seen the police? <laughs> have you ever seen the police find a criminal and say, I found you. I'm going to go back to the station and pull all the files I can find about you. I'm coming back to get you. That person's gone. It's the same thing with thoughts, with stuff hidden in our soul. And stuff like that, when, when it shows its face, get rid of arrest it right there. Don't go, well, I can't deal with this right now. I have to deal with it tomorrow. Really? It ain't going to be here tomorrow. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to have another missed opportunity because it will show up again when the opportunity comes for you to do something that that did not need to be there. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Okay. 
So one, I have, a, I, have, I have notes. It says big point. There's the big point. The big point. It says one of the devil's job is to steal the love of God from being distributed through you. Because the love of God cannot be felt by people if people aren't giving it out. This is why when all these movements try to attack you, you know, I, on social media, I give people a warning. For the next 30 days, I will be addressing the subject. If you don't think you want to hear about it, suspend my account with you for 30 days. If you want to hear about it, feel free. I'm just going to give my opinion on these subjects. No harm, no foul. But what the devil wants to happen is for people to fight with each other and leave a gap and a barrier. So I fight, and I fight with, with the love of God because I'm like, see, the other part of this is because we don't know how to fight with the love of God, we just leave it alone. I'm just going to be loving and not say anything. That's not being loving. And while we are thinking we're being loving and not saying something, the devil is broadcasting a lie. And all those lies built up convinces people. It gets into people's souls. I'm at the point now I could imagine that if I don't say something about something that's a lie that's happening in current events, people might actually, on my page, might think it's okay. (laughs) Because I do talk about things that are not okay. So like if I wouldn't say anything about it, they're probably like, Pastor Fia is probably okay with it. I haven't heard her say anything. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Like, don't be wishy-washy. Be in or be out. But if you want to be out, then remove it from from seeing and hearing it. And then realize you have nothing to say about it, whatever happens, because you didn't participate. So don't allow lies to be said and you not counteract it with the word of God and with the truth. And sometimes you don't have to do it on the feet of the person that says it. You may just need to address the whole thing altogether. Because the topic is now open. So let's talk about it. Daniel was a a politician. He was captured into being one. (laughs) Think about it. He was actually taken as a slave and put in that position. Joseph was a politician right out of prison. These people, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) These people made huge decisions that changed the world that they lived in by being involved. And they didn't even have the Holy Spirit living in them. But they knew God. You see that? There's no way we can't know God to the level we're supposed to when we got the Holy Spirit living in us. The only way that's happening is because this stuff right here. This stuff right here. All those people that hurt you in the past, it's over. I'm telling you, if you dig up that fairness root tree you got growing all the fruit on it, 
all of those things will be removed automatically. It won't even show up. You know how bad people have treated me in my life? And I know the first time they see me after the last time they did what they did to me, they're probably bracing themselves for like, and when they show up, there's nothing there. Like nothing ever happened. Imagine how disappointed the devil is at that. (laughs) You should wake up every day and your goal should be to disappoint the devil another day. You know what people do? They wake up hoping they don't tick the devil off today. He's already ticked off. That's his nature. He's always mad at something. He's never going to be happy about anything. It's a black hole to make the devil. It's not our job to make him happy. He he has no happiness to gain. There's nothing about him that needs to be happy. (laughs) Right? So don't make that your goal. The next big thing is, it's in Job chapter 7, 11, and 15. You can read that on your time. And Job 10, 1. And Job is talking about his soul being in anguish. The thing, when the devil attacked Job, his soul suffered. And where does health and wealth come from? The condition of the soul. What did he lose? His health and all his wealth. Right? And if you read those verses, you'll see it talks about his soul. But here's the thing. Fear is what opened the door to that. Fear affected Job's soul and caused it to go into anguish. Fear. There is nothing that gets rid of fear more than perfect love. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. You don't even have to do nothing. You just bring love in, fear has to go. As a matter of fact, your daily confession should be there is no fear in me. Because I have perfect love in me that casts out fear. If you just watch one segment of a news program, the, the goal is to put fear in you. But if you set up a system in your soul where fear doesn't have entrance any way it comes, then you protect your soul. All right, we've got to wrap it up. Um, 1 Corinthians 2.9, you can write this down. 1 Corinthians 2.9. The scripture, this is what the scripture means when it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. See, when we let love in our soul, it's the equivalent of loving God back. You can't love God if you don't put his love in your soul. What other cheap love are you going to give him? (laughs) Like, what other type of love are you going to offer God if you can't offer him the type of love he is? You talk about unequally yoked. Well, there's your example right there. (laughs) Right? So... Those who love God, when you activate your love for God by bringing that into your soul, I mean, just showering it in your soul. I has not seen, ear has not heard. You know what that means? So the devil has no clue what the heck God has in store for you. He just got to follow you around and, and like, 
say? <laughs> I'm going to tell you my story after this. You're going to be shocked. This just happened today. I got this phone call. So, uh, Job chapter 7, verse 11 and 15. And then Job chapter 10 and verse 1. As a matter of fact, if you just read Job's entire dialogue about how his, it's all about his soul languishing and all this stuff. But here's the thing. His friends were trying to tell him that the reason this happened to him was because of his spiritual status. But the Bible kept saying in all these things Job didn't sin, Job was a righteous man. So the devil sent Job's friends in to convince him that he was doing something against God. Like, you know, he was sinning. But the Bible kept saying Job is a righteous man. All it was that the devil wanted Job's soul to keep fear in there and keep getting polluted so he could kill him. But God had already said you can't take his life. But Job didn't know that. Right? So it's what Job didn't know about God that messed up his soul. You remember God had to come give him a lesson of who he was? That's how we learned about all the the big animals and stuff. You remember? You see how this is coming together? So every time, listen, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can't get any better than that, honey. This is it. That is it. (laughs) The status of your life, the condition of your lifestyle, the frustrations of your day, it's in the soul. But the devil doesn't want you to look there because you're going to catch him. So he's got to tell you it's your righteousness. You've got a righteousness problem. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's all in the book of Job. <laughs> Think about all your church friends that tell you, not here, but church friends <laughs> and other churches you went to, that tell you, you know, that you probably did something against God. You probably sinned against God. That's what it is. You sinned. That's why. That's why. It's your soul that's messed up. So while you're trying to keep forgiving yourself every, oh, God, forgive me for sinning. Oh, God, please, I'm a sinner. He is packing more junk in your soul. Because remember, every thought you have about your salvation and your connection to God is sending swampland material to your soul. Because it's in your mind. Remember, you're thinking with your mind. So you're adding more debris to your soul, hoping to feel better the more you're begging God for forgiveness. (laughs) This is like crazy. (laughs) And then the person who doesn't feel the need to do that is told that they're proud and arrogant. (laughs) You talk about a liar, that's how the devil works. He is a liar. He's a liar and he is a thief and he wants to steal information too. That's how he does. He manipulates to get information because he don't know what the heck is going on. (laughs) I'm done with that. You guys go check out Job. You're going to be like looking at it from a whole different perspective because God made it correct in the first chapter that in all the Job was a righteous man. And everybody's like, well, if he's so righteous, why did this happen to him? Isn't that what his friends were accusing him of too? <laughs> and people teach doctrines on this stuff. Doctrines. And yell at you that you're some claim it, blab it, 
person if you don't think so. <laughs> anyway, off the soapbox. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, I thank you tonight for your word. Father, I pray that you will open our eyes, our ears, our understanding. Father, I pray that your love will flood our hearts, wash out the trash that the enemy left behind. Wash out the generational nonsense and all the words and the traditions of men and all these crazy things that came from hell itself. We pull down those strongholds, break them, crush them to ashes. In the enemy's kingdom, ashes never turn to beauty. They get washed away by the river of God. So, Father, we just say wash us, cleanse us, dig up roots, remove trees, anything that did not get planted in your love, get it out of us. We ask for it, Father. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Bye, everybody.